Welcome to the Beyond the Massacre podcast with Cam Lee. I'm your host, Pete Sludge Monster 76. Get ready to hear the untold story of the history of death metal. The truth they don't want you to know. The version they don't want you to hear. From the man himself, Cam Lee. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Beyond the Massacre podcast. metal fans are you ready to see massacre live that's right massacre will be touring the east coast coming up the end of april through the first week of may it'll be massacre with support from mortis skull and druid lord starting the 28th of april in miami at gramps 29 april orlando florida at the conduit 30 april in savannah georgia lodge of sorrows 1st of May in Richmond, Virginia at the Fallout. 2nd of May in Brooklyn, New York at St. Vitus. 3rd of May, Cambridge, Massachusetts, the Middle East in the upstairs room. 4th of May in Philadelphia, the warehouse on Watts. 5th of May in Chapel Hill, the Chainsaw Massacre Festival at the Kraken Bar. And then to end the tour on the 6th of May in Atlanta, Georgia, Boggs Social and Supply. Get out there and see Massacre now, because you never know when they'll be back again.
right, so there you go. Y'all just heard some cannibal cookout from Bonar. And uh, so, Cam, tell me, tell me uh, what's going on with Bonar, man. So um, there's a lot of going on with Bonar. I want to explain first to everybody exactly what Bonar is. Bonar is a band that I started going all the way back to 2007. At least the initial idea started in 2007. We really uh, honed in on it in 2008 and put out the debut album, uh, Feast of Flesh, which the song you heard comes off of, in 2009. And this is Roga and I. This is the first band that Roga and I, Roga Johansson and I, got together and, and you know, started working on. Um, it's, it's ironic how it all came together because Roga and I actually started, like I said, in 2007. We were talking about another band at the time. And uh, we were talking, out of, talking to a record label at the time about putting out this, uh, this other band. And uh, Roga started working on some of the music and uh, file sharing and sending me the, sending me the stuff. So I've, I've been file sharing pretty much all the way back to 2005, you can kind of say, is when, when I got into the whole file sharing kind of thing where people were recording MP3s at first and it turned into waves and sending me the music and stuff like that. So uh rogan i started like i said with this other band hell hell i'll just tell you it was a band called beware so we were going to do this other band called beware together and uh unfortunately things fell through with the label we were working with and um uh we did record like a, a one track uh that track ended up um, being scrapped and then parts of that track parts of the riffs from that track ended up becoming uh, Anthropophagus Beast, which is also on the debut album. So parts of that track we worked on together. Um, but basically, Rogo really enjoyed working with me. He, he he thought it was a smooth transition. I felt the same thing with him. We got to talking. And we said, let's, you know, would you want to do a band together? Let's start from ground up. And I really had this idea. I really wanted to, because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, bands out there, that gore bands and stuff like that to do stuff. But I was always like, okay, this is going to be more old school death metal, obviously with a very Swedish feel to it. And that's what I really wanted. And I wanted to encapsulate sort of an image around it, kind of like a, a not a gimmick, but sort of like, well, what is it all going to be? It's going to have like a theme. I want a theme about this. And I really thought about, you know, let's really just hone in. I, I, I'm a big fan of cannibal movies. And I, I mean, cannibal movies, like some people, when you say cannibal movies, some people think maybe like cannibal Ferox or, uh, cannibal Holocaust, but I'm more a fan of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Hills Have Eyes, Wrong Turn, those type of cannibal films. And I was like, you know, let me just kind of like hone in on that theme and just kind of create a band based around that theme. And literally, that's how uh, the concept for Bonar started off. And then, of course, came the 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 once we started talking about that and started working on music and concepts together, then came the 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 tedious, um, you know, trying to find a band name. How do we come up with a band name? And we kept tossing band names around uh, anything. And one thing I didn't want, I didn't want to have a cannibal in the name. Because, you know, people are going to say, oh, cannibal corpse, you know, cannibal something, something. I, I, I was, like, really adamant. I say, don't want cannibal in the name, even though the theme is about cannibals. Um, and we started doing the typical tossing around, you know, diseases and all kinds of stuff and uh um it kind of just hit me it had a lot of things with, when rogan and i talk we talked back and forth we'll text each other or we'll talk on skype back and forth 
is uh, sometimes without knowing it, he'll say something just out of the blue or I'll say something. And it just kind of like the light bulb goes off. And he was talking about, you know, man, we should like think about like something with gnashing and you know, like he was thinking of gnashing teeth and, you know, something that's like bone crushing. And then he just said something that's like bone gnawing. And I'm like, dude, that's it. Bone gnaw. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, man, that's actually really cool. A bone gnaw. So um, that's literally how the name came. We just kind of came across the name just talking, talking back and forth, trying to throw concepts back and forth and ideas back and forth with each other. Yeah. And that's, so, that's one of the most yeah. annoying, that's one of the most annoying parts of starting the band these days is that all the band names, I mean, the genre has been around for so long that there are so many names that they're just taking. If you want something original, it, it takes a little bit of time unless you get lucky and something just pops out of thin air. Yeah. I think um, too, uh, also, you know, of course, you know, after we came up with the name, you know, you, we Googled it and we found out that, uh, the, the, the role-playing game werewolf, the apocalypse has a tribe of werewolves called the Bonars. And I was like, Oh man, I don't want people getting confused with that. But I was like, Rogan was like, well, it's, we're bone gnawer, not bone gnawers. And I'm like, okay. I mean, if you're going to go one letter off, <laughs> yeah, but okay, of course. Sure, I mean, sure, I'll go with it. And, um, uh, you know, it kind of it, it kind of just built from that, it's, you know, because we really didn't know at the time where the band was going to go, and we were still in the process of really working on the music. And then, then the, once once we had the concept, the idea, everything started flowing really easy, really easy. And uh, the first one of the first songs that we wrote was uh, the song you heard, "Cannibal Cookout," and. Um, I, I really realized at the time, it's like, okay, I can either go one way or the other. I can either go completely serious with the lyrics um, or I could go tongue in cheek with the lyrics. And one of the, one of the movies I, I was thinking about when, um, when I started writing Cannibal Cookout was uh, kind of a little bit like the Wrong Turn movies. And I think we were by that, by that time we were on Wrong Turn 2. And... Uh, I just remember that Wrong Turn 2 started having a little bit of tongue-in-cheek kind of a com comedic, uh, you know, take to it. It's still pretty pretty horrific gore. It gets more comedic, you know, as we get, you know, through Wrong Turn 3 and 4 and stuff like that. But um, I started to see sort of the kind of the, the black humor, the black comedy, you know, of, of, of in it, you know. And I was like, you know, let's let me try to take that sort of take with uh bonar lyrics and it just kind of fell together like i just started thinking i love barbecuing so <laughs> um when it's summertime in florida you know and stuff and i love to go out and i love barbecue food i love the barbecue i'm you know i'm a meat eater i'm gonna i'm all admit it right here and there um you know i love to eat meat so i really started thinking about how i enjoy being in the barbecue atmosphere how i love to be you know in that in that kind of thing. And I just kind of like put two and two together, kind of like thinking about my favorite movies, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and always going back to the gas station and just thinking about that. You always wondered in those sausages in the, in the window, what were those sausages? And that's literally like, I started thinking about like, yeah. And amazingly in Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, which are actually first one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, it's not very gory. You don't actually see anything. It's all like, um, it's uh, kind of insinuated. It's hinted on. It wasn't really until Chainsaw Massacre 2 where you really got to the gore stuff where you, they actually just 
it starts getting, it, you know, ups, ups the ante. And of course you have the great Tom Savini gore in it. But uh, so I really started thinking about like just making it comical in a way, kind of like the way that Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and The Wrong Turn 2 was kind of going, uh, the direction they were going, and really tongue-in-cheek. And that's kind of came at the staple of Bonar lyrics. Let's write about this horrific stuff. Let's write about cannibalism, this horrible stuff. Let's write about serial killers, and but let's make it tongue-in-cheek. And uh, of course, some people liked it. Some people loved it. And then other people were, other people were turned off about it because I guess it's not a funny subject to make fun of uh, to some people. Some people are very sensitive. We're in that sensitive era of the world now where people get very offended. Yeah, but how, can, how can you get it? How can you be offended by cannibals? I mean, that's the part I don't understand. I mean, if you want to talk about a subject that's ripe for being campy, it's cannibalism. Because exactly, that's what I thought. It's it it lends itself to being campy. I mean, you can't. I I, I mean, it's not like there is a. Yes, there are still tribes in Africa that are actual cannibals, but there are not many, and this is not a normal part of life anymore. And I mean, it lends itself to being campy. So if if people can't see the humor in cannibalism, then holy shit, do people have an issue? Yeah, I mean, I really, I literally, I remember when the first Bonar came out, and I did get, I did get some, some haters. Uh, I don't know if necessarily it was haters or people that were like, like, like I said, offended, and they're consciously aware. And I got a lot of, you shouldn't be making fun of this. You shouldn't take these lyrics lightly. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be talking about serial killers and cannibalism and making it fun. It was like, it was like the wrong thing to do. It's like the wrong thing. But I'm sure all the people that made movies. You know, like, uh, you know, anything like, uh, you know, rabid grandmas or whatever they, you know, whatever the you know, movies were out there that they probably got the same kind of stuff. You shouldn't be making, you know, movie. like I'm sure Toby Hooper got that got it with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm sure, you know, that okay. there were people out there that were offended. Sure. So I got one for you. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this one? So, you know, well, while we're talking, Pete's Googling, you know what we're looking. I'm looking at a. Because let's face it, I mean, most of the coolest uh, cannibal movies were late seventies. Uh, sorry, oh, late yes. late sixties through the seventies and the early eighties. Are you aware yeah. now? We're we're gonna go back to our younger years, uh, ladies and okay. gentlemen. So, on Cinemax late at night, you used to have Emmanuel movies. Yeah, yeah. Are you aware yeah. that there was an Emmanuel in the Last Cannibals? Made in yes. 1977. Yes, so how can anyone not think that freaking cannibalism is campy if there's a if there's a goddamn Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals? Holy crap! I'm I'm going to check this film out. I cannot believe I've not seen this one. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's a there's a lot of that kind of stuff. But I think you know, I think most of the people, like I said, most of the people that got offended were probably younger. They're not they're not even aware of movies like that. They've probably never even seen Cannibal Holocaust. You know, I mean, I most people that get offended by Cannibal Holocaust, and even you know, I, I remember even being a little moved and disturbed by it was the actual real animal death scenes in it. Sure, you know, yeah, of course, but, you know. Uh, other than that, and then there's the question: Is that girl really impaled? on that stick or was that really a dummy because like the way the way they go explaining the the stuff later on how they did the effect okay i'll buy that but what would make more sense to me is if you actually had the actress that was sitting up there or the person native girl that was sitting up there actually show up now 
it's me, I'm okay, I'm alive still today. They never did that. So that leaves that really movie controversial because of that. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah, yeah, and it would have made much more sense to have her pop up and say, look, I'm alive. It was all just a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was the 70s, and it was in the Amazon, so we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what happened down there. Are you aware of how many dicks are really out there? Are you the type of person that goes through life questioning, man, am I surrounded by a bunch of dicks? Well, I can tell you a special technique that will allow you to detect whether or not the people that are around you are a dick or not. So I know you're asking yourself, Cam, how could I get this special technique? What is the secret? What can I actually get that will allow me to tell if a person that I'm interacting with is a dick or not before I even have to interact with them? I can tell you it's as simple as ordering something online and it is one of the easiest possible things you could do. To get this technique, all you simply have to do is visit Massacre at Bandcamp. That's right. You go to www.massacre3.bandcamp.com and you order anything off of the website there and you play it as you interact with some person that you suspect to be a dick. And just by doing this alone, their reaction would instantly tell you if they were a dick or not, just by what they tell you. I mean, come on, don't you want that kind of protection in your life? Isn't that worth just having the protection, knowing that you can actually do something with this easy technique to determine, regardless of who the person is, if they are a dick or not? That's right, just play any of the Massacre stuff off the website that you order, regardless if it's actual physical merchandise, if it's a CD, an LP, or if it's a digital download, it doesn't matter. You play Massacre to them just before interacting with them, and just by their reaction, you can tell if this person is going to be a dick or not. Isn't that just worth anything and everything in your life to go out and just take the risk and order something just so you know? regardless of who they are, if they're going to be a dick or not, because that's the best kind of protection you could have. So go to www.massacre3.bandcamp.com and order anything off the website for your protection against dicks. This message has been brought to you by BullSarcasm.com. Absolute, complete bullshit. Nothing in this message is actually real other than the website to order from. Yeah, back to the fact that, you know, I think a lot of people... Um, the people that really are Bonar fans, they get it. They love it. They love the music. Um, they love the whole, the whole Swedish, uh, sounding, you know, grinding guitars and the Swedish flair. And I guess I give it that what they want to call the, the Florida old school, Florida death metal, you know, feel with my vocals and, uh, you know, lyrics, like I said, lyrics, it, it, nothing in cannibal uh, or nothing in, in the, the Bonar cannibal lyrics is meant to be taken serious. It's all camp. And a lot of it's all based on movies anyways. Now, everything, most Bonar stuff is based on, on movies. I could literally go down and if you went down a list of the song titles, I'll tell you either what it's based on, either the movie it's based on or the event that it's based on. Because some of it's actually based on actual real events too. That happened to us. Remember the Miami Face Eater? Oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote a song about that. <laughs> I wrote a song about that. The Miami Face yeah. Eater. I'd forgotten all about that. Holy crap! Wasn't yeah. that wasn't that at the beginning of that whole bath crystals or whatever it's called? Yeah, the, bath salt the, thing. Bath yes, salt thing. That, bath that was the beginning of the bath salt yeah. thing. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that was the the big scare. Was oh, he took bath salts. But the thing is, they didn't. They, when it when it comes down to it, 
after all the, the media hype and stuff, when it really came down to it, the guy had nothing in his system. The guy was just a fucking psycho pissed off guy. He was pissed off at his girlfriend for some whatever reason. And uh, obviously there was racial tension. You know, I'm not, I'll say it right here on the show. Obviously there was racial tension and he took it out on, you know, a homeless white guy, you know, and for some reason decided to eat his face. That part we don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know because the guy was killed, but we'll never know. You know, we'll never know what was going on in his head at the time. All I know is he was really, from what, it, from what I got out of it, he was pissed off, probably pissed off at the world. And when you're pissed off, man, I can say you can just do some fucked up shit sometimes. You just lose it. And he lost it. He's just the guy that lost it. Unfortunately for the guy that lived, you know, he's still alive today. Has no, he's blind, you know, has face reconstruction. Yeah, fuck, what a, what, a, what a life, man. That's all I got to say. Fucking A. But yeah. yes, that's not something to joke about. But I literally, when I wrote the song, wasn't necessarily about the event that happened. It was about the way the media hyped it up. Because I actually use samples from actual media reports in that song because it was so ridiculous. It was so hyped up. They were going on this whole zombie thing. It's like the zombie apocalypse. I can't believe that there was an actual newscaster that said it was like the zombie apocalypse. That I was like so, I, at that point, I realized, wow, this is no longer news. This is sensationalism. So my song is literally about how ridiculous the media took that event. That's what my song is. Yeah, and I remember, so I was over here. And I remember, dude, it was all the rage. It was all the rage on all the European uh, news channels that there was that there was there was a zombie in in Miami, and yeah. it was just yeah. it was just the most bizarre thing to see on the news that there was a zombie in Miami. You're like, wow, what year is this? What 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 sense of yeah. reality have we now officially lost? It was just yeah. absolutely freaking bonkers. And I want to hit on something you hit on. Um, uh, you just kind of grazed over is there's there's a huge there's a huge difference between the vocals that you do in uh, Bonar opposed to the vocals that you do in Massacre, uh, it, and I, I think I think Bonar has a little bit more of a, a of a of a stutter to it. You know what I mean? It ha has more of a it has a hint of a, a hardcore kind of uh, that early '80s hardcore theme to it in your in your vocals with Bonar. At least that's what I hear. And I mean, but it's definitely, you can tell it's you, there's, it, it's, it's Cam Lee, but it's got a really cool, I think people that haven't heard Bonar and they hear it, I think they're going to hear a different side of you when it comes to vocals that they've probably, there's some different nuances in there. Yeah, I definitely wanted to make it different. And I try to do that with everything, all my bands, I try to make something different, something stand out, something I do that uh, I might not, I might not do in Massacre or Something I do in Bonar, I don't necessarily do in the Grotesquerie or not Robin. Not Robin, and I did I did a lot of uh, uh, backing uh, vocals. I'll, I'll call them like not gothic vocals, but more like atmospheric type vocals. Akatharda was a band that I did where I felt I did the most haunting vocals I've ever done in my life. Um, Akatharda is very it's a ghost driven band, and I really wanted to make make the listener feel like this is something that ghost would sound like if they were singing death metal, I guess, or you know, doom. And, uh, and in Bonar, again, I, I, I wanted that sort of like uh, up to date kind of like, I guess you would say like choppy dog barking type of, of attack on yes, my vocals. Very much. Um, so, 
but still have that hook that I, I try to put in everything got hooking and, and, and with the, with the choruses and stuff like that. But the, yeah, there's a lot more. I say, I guess you could say, I say a lot. I'm a, I'm more of a mouthful in Bonar, which is, which is apropos, isn't it? It's more of a mouthful in Bonar. Of course. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing with Bonar is the choruses are very hooky. You know, these choruses are definitely meant for people to fucking sing along to, you know what I mean? They, they have, they have very distinct choruses that are really catchy, um, that, you know, you don't, you don't see in the other stuff you do, because I mean, I think this stuff lends itself to that. And also like what you said, this has a very Swedish sound to it when it comes to the music too. I mean, it's, un, it, it's undeniable, you know what I mean? That that's, that that's, that's a very Swedish guitar tone and a Swedish yeah. style of writing too. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of, I don't know if I've talked about this on, on the episode, but I've talked about this many times in interviews or I've, I don't or not just the episode, but the actual show. I don't know if I've actually talked about this on the podcast, but I'm a huge fan of old school Swedish death metal. That's, that's, I love the old school Swedish death metal sound, you know? And, uh, so I'm a big, huge fan of that. And, um, when I talked to Rogan, when we first got together, I said, please don't change, you know, the Swedish style. Don't, don't, don't try to make it sound like, you know, because when Rogan writes for Massacre, he obviously is trying to write, he has that Swedish feel, but he still tries to write more like in a Massacre style. Yeah. With Monar, I wanted him to be as Swedish as possible. You know, I, I said, don't, you know, just keep it, keep it to what you're, what you're, keep it to what you're used to. Um, I wanted that, purposely wanted that in, in the Bonar, and I, I really think it comes across that way. Um, it, it has that, you know, Swedish death metal definitely, definitely relies a lot on that D beat. And I, I really love that, uh, because I, I'm a D beat or I was a D beat drummer myself. So that, that, you know, that has a lot. And also just the, the down tuned guitars, the, the, the old school sound of the guitars, the buzz, the chainsaw buzz sound. So a lot of it has to do, and then it can, it kind of can go melodic without getting too, you know, without getting too melodic. You know, it, it has, it, you can get some melody, but still be death metal, you yeah. know, before it, goes, it doesn't have, to, it doesn't become too prog. You no, know? no. And, and Bonar definitely doesn't. And, you know, I think a lot, I don't think anybody or, or most people would even, you know, when you hear what Rogue has written for um, a massacre, you don't hear that Swedish in there. I mean, he really, he really has that massacre voice in his head, that massacre style in his head. But, you know, obviously, you know, with, with Bonar, it was, you know, the gloves are off and I can be Swedish, you know, and, and, yeah, and, exactly. and, and, and show my roots and man, it, it, it comes out and it's, it's absolutely awesome. I'm, and I, I too, am a huge fan of that Swedish, you know, that Swedish death metal style. And, you know, I think that probably comes from the fact that it didn't sound like the Florida stuff we were surrounded by, you know what I mean? And yeah. it had a very, dis yep. a very different sound to it where, you know, I know a lot of the Swedish guys loved what was coming out of Florida. And I guess it just comes down to, you know, we like best what's not around us. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I just, I just remember just when I'm talking to Roga about it, especially the first, like, like I said, piece of flesh, it came together so quickly and so easily because we were enjoying what we were fucking doing. You know, it wasn't a task. It wasn't felt, it wasn't pressure. It wasn't like, ah, oh, fuck, I got to do this. And I got time. We were enjoying ourselves. Um, and it came together quickly because we were having fun. And I've always said this in music. If I'm not having fun, I'm going to get the fuck out of it. 
because once once the fun's over, what the hell's the use of doing it? So Bonar is really fun. It's like something, and that's why it's like it. It's kind of like we're talking about it now on the show. It's it's something I'm going back to, you know, and I'm going to get to that. I'm gonna, I am going to get to that. We're bringing it back. I'm I'm bringing it back, and I'm having fun with it. It's really something I have fun with. And I was thinking, if I'm doing this music, I'm 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 56 years old now, and I'm like, if I'm going to do this music, I got to do it for fun, you know. And what's what's the fun? What 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 do I have fun doing? And it's that tongue in cheek kind of stuff that I I love, you know. I'm I'm a big horror movie fan. I love the the horror movies that I write about in Bonar. It's and it's like, why would I not do what I have the most fun with? Um, so I mean, that's that's a big reason why. But we're talking about Bonar today on the show, and another reason why I'm going to be bringing it back. Like I said, I'll get to that point. But right now, uh, talking about Feast of Flesh, like I said, everything came together so easily. Um, and if you look at the songs on Feast of Flesh, if you look at like the song titles, um, if you run down the, the list, I could every single one I could tell you what it's based on, um, either either you know lyrically what it's based on, either either it's directly based on it or loosely based on it. And um, I had a lot of fun with it, and I still have a lot of fun with it. Of course, straight out of the bat, it's a uh, like I said. It's got a Texas Chainsaw Massacre influence. All the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. Uh, it's got a Hills Have Eyes influence. It's got a Wrong Turn influence. It does have a Cannibal Ferox influence on there. It's got strong, <laughs> yeah, it's got yeah, it's got a Cannibal Ferox and make them die slow. So, uh, um, it's got it's got a it's got that it's got the spectrum I could say of, of Cannibal movies. And I also wanted to write about some of the favorite the the my my favorite slasher movies and more recent slash because every there's been a lot of bands that have done the classic slashers. There's been bands that done songs about Halloween. There's been bands that done songs about you know uh, Friday the Thirteenth, about Jason Voorhees. There's been there's been bands that have done songs about you know all the old classic slasher films and stuff like that. And hell, even Massacre has a song about Freddy Krueger. I wanted to do something different because there was kind of like about the same time that Bonar was coming out there was like this brand new kind of like in the horror, you know, movies in horror movies, there was like a, a resurgence of slasher movies. And one of those was, was hatchet. Um, Adam green. I actually wrote Adam green, the, the director and writer and creator of hatchet. I, I wrote him and told him, Hey man, I'm so, I loved hatchet. I love the film. I'm so, um, you know, in influenced by it that I wrote a song in my new band hatchet face and I actually got a nice letter back from him. I was hoping he would use the song in, in a future hatchet movie. Obviously that never came about, but I got a nice letter from him. He not only sent me a letter, uh, he also sent me a hatchet poster, a signed hatchet poster. And I do believe a copy of the Blu-ray signed. So that was really cool. That I didn't expect it, you know, but it was cool. So it again shows you how music can, you know, open doors for you in the, in the movie world. But uh, yeah, that was cool. So like hatchet face is on uh piece of flesh and that's totally based on the movie hatchet. And then when we did a uh, cannibal crematorium was the second album. I did a song about laid to rest, which is a character and that's Chrome skull. And uh, I, I, I wanted to do that. So there's always been that kind of like, I wanted to write about, the newer slasher movies that kind of influenced me, but keep the cannibal theme. And the cannibal theme is definitely something that will continue through Bonar. 
it it's not only just the theme musically it's the theme that we're going to have on stage it's the theme that's going to carry over in the artwork and everything else yeah and so uh, the first thing people realize especially uh if they start listening to the bonar stuff is the songs are shorter so if this isn't your um massacre style length songs uh the average song on on the first album is is uh three and a half minutes you know what yeah. i mean which is which is which is which is just awesome i mean you know it's it's 10 songs you know three and a half minute average and it just it pummels you you know what i mean there's no there's and i think something that really that you hit on that that's important and i think we really need to we really need to look at is you know there's when you're doing when you're doing bonar you can have fun you know what i mean there's yeah. no yeah. there there's no pressure that oh shit this is massacre i have to be this way and you know we have this legacy we have to live up to and massacre has to fit in this you know massacre has its spot and it has to fit in a certain way you can't get out there and get crazy and experimental or completely outside the massacre realm because massacres massacre has its world you know what i mean massacre massacre has its sound massacre has its stuff but with bonar you've built something that you can have fun with you know and and not saying that massacre may not be the most fun thing anymore but it's with bonar you can just you can just be you you can just let it go you can do whatever you can sing about cannibalism and you can make it fun and you know bring you know bring fun back to music because you know at at 56 i mean you've you've got to find something that that inspires you to to keep going if you're going to keep going and if you lose your fun in music then why keep doing it you know what i mean it, yeah. it's it, it and and i know i mean i personally know from us talking that that that's why you're doing it is because it's it's fun for you and i think that's awesome i mean i think you know musicians when we're having fun i think we're where we we create our our best stuff we create stuff that that people end up enjoying because they hear that you know it comes out in that you you're able to hear that as a listener when someone is enjoying what they're doing you know what i mean and i'm happy i mean me personally i'm i'm, I'm extremely happy to see you doing bonar because i know how happy this makes you to be able to do this kind of stuff yeah i just uh I feel like um, when I'm doing it, I don't, like you said, I don't have the pressure. I don't have the shadow of all this uh, legacy looming over me. Um, it literally, and when, like I said, when I got into it with Roga, it, I was just coming out of Denial Fiend, which again, that band for me turned really sour really quick um, because of certain individuals that made me feel like, okay, this is, this is my idea that they just completely just took my idea. And just like um, I was no longer considered uh, a member, I was just I. Uh, that's those. I'm not going to get into it, but certain individuals that were involved in that, I've also been involved with, obviously massacre. And talk about a person that will make you feel like you're nothing but a tool, and 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 you're you're absolutely just you know you. Uh, and maybe that's a reflection of that person himself, how he feels, you know about himself and so he he treats others that way and I, I was refusing to be treated that way and i was like i'm not going to be treated this way especially in this band and, but like all of a sudden everyone in that band besides curtis beeson who curtis beeson was in that band with me curtis beeson and i quit the same day we quit that band and like you know kurt kurt was no longer in the band and i was no longer in the band because we really felt like 
we weren't appreciated. But that's a different story. No, and I don't and, want to do it. And, and, but if, but if, but that sets it up because that's important because that's one of those points in your musical career where you're looking to you're looking to have fun. You're looking for something to put the fun back in music again. You know what I mean? And a lot of times we have to hit bottom and feel like we're at a place, you know, why, why the fuck should I keep doing this? This all fucking sucks, you know? Yeah, and, and, exactly. And, and sometimes, and unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> now that's coming to certain things now, but I'm, I'm trying to like weigh it out. I'm trying not to, I'm not trying to let emotions, uh, you know, get in there. And I'm just trying to like think, be more grown up and think about, okay, like, I've got to do things a certain way and I've got to approach them a different way. And, um, yeah, but I mean, definitely, I felt like Denial of Me. Denial of Me started off as a very, very fun project, and it really wasn't a death metal project. It was like, it was me saying, okay, what if I, I'm a big horror punk fan, obviously, of Misfits and all the big horror punk, and there was a lot of horror punk coming out in the early 2000s, and uh, I was like a huge horror punk fan, and I'm like, man, what if I could take horror punk and mix it with death metal? How would I do it? What would it be? And that literally, that's what Denial of Fiend was. It was a, it was a horror punk slash death metal band. Um, you know, and that's, that was completely the theme. That's what this, that was the idea. And then when other individuals got involved, it, that idea was getting shoved out the window, you know, it was no longer about that. And then the fun of that was no longer there. Of course. Um, and that's why I was just like, you know, I don't need this. I'm, I'm quitting. I quit. I got out and, and I will, but I, I've come now to, it was also a lesson, very well lesson learned. Because I realized that me getting uh, to a point where I, I'm not having fun anymore and quitting isn't the best thing. Because look at what we found out. What happens to you if you do that? People will steal your shit. People will steal your shit. It, regardless if it's your band's name or your songs or, or, or just your ideas, they will steal it. If you get So I've gotten to the point where I don't let people fuck with me and get me pissed off anymore i'll get pissed off but i'm not going to quit there's a difference i'm not going to quit something that that was that old me is not there anymore i've grown up so i don't get pissed off and quit anymore i do get pissed off and, and fed up and say okay i'm gonna put this to the side i'm gonna put this down i'm gonna put this over here i'm gonna shelf this for a while doesn't mean i quit of course you know, i'm still owning it i'm yeah. still owning it it's still mine <laughs> of course and i mean i think you know Look, at at some point when you do something long enough, at some point you just need a break and you need to have some fun. And it just yeah. happens to be that this is the right time for everything, you know? And exactly. it, it's the perfect time to, to you know, to bring Bonar back and, you know, to, to just have fun with music again and to, yeah. you know, and, and, and sometimes it's just what you need is you just need to have fun. And, you know, yeah, and that's a, that's a big thing that you're saying there. The, and the word fun is really important because I have, a, I obviously I have a plethora of other bands. I have the grotesquery, I have the skeletal, I have not Robin. I have my, my solo stuff. I have Akatharta, I have grave wax and all those bands are great. I love, I love every single one of them for different reasons, but I thought about what is the band I have the most fun in? What is the band that I feel really at home doing? What is a band that feels easy? and really fun to do and it's bonar bonar is the funnest band i've ever done and that's why i wanted to bring it back of course and it happens to be a band that you never played live with nope nope and i want to play live with it <laughs> which is something else we're getting to yeah so you know 
we just kind of wanted to do this episode for uh for people to know and understand why you know they're gonna see they're gonna see Bonar Bo is back baby <laughs> yeah Bonar Bonar is definitely back you're gonna be seeing it a lot more you know what I mean and that doesn't mean that you know Cam is Cam has walked away or anything crazy from Massacre it just means that you know it's 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 being put on a shelf for a little bit and you know Bonar is coming out because you know it's you know, sometimes you just need a break from stuff and you you yeah. want to have well, some I fun. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm putting Massacre on the shelf. It's what? more like it's it's on the back burner setting on low. So it's simmering. <laughs> it's, simmering. It's, it's in a crock yeah, pot. It's, 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 it's on the stove still, but it's not. It's it's done. It's cooked. It's fully cooked, but I'm keeping it warm. <laughs> it's its own simmer. So, I mean, no, I, I mean, we're talking about that now. And obviously, Massacre is getting ready to do a U.S. tour. Of course. And, um. And we're, right now, when we're recording this, we're getting ready to go out and do a U.S. tour, and then we'll be coming back and doing a, a uh, EU tour. And we got a couple of other things to finish up this this year. Plus, I'm working on a brand new Massacre album um, presently at the present moment. Right now, the Massacre mini album or EP, I want—I don't really know how to call it right now. That's actually finished, and it's being—at least my part's finished. It's being going to be mixed, and 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 drums are going to be added and and all that, those solos are going to be added and everything so that part's done that's actually done so there's it i don't want people listening to the episode thinking wow massacre's like slowed down no not at all right there's a lot of stuff going on with massacre but i don't have any more energy to put in this fucking band anymore right now <laughs> i just i'm i really don't i i mean i'm i'm at the point where it's like okay i can't add okay i can't add any more to the stew does that make sense? Yeah, okay, like, com completely. I've added all the, I've added all these ingredients. I've added this little, little bit of, little bit of spices here and there. I've done what I can. There's nothing more I can do to this stew right now, than just let it simmer, and and and, and you know, yeah, be slowly devoured. And, and be slowly because there's. I, I said a couple episodes ago, you know that I, I've I've heard this. I've heard the new massacre stuff that's going to be coming out, and it's great. I mean, for me, it's. The greatest stuff Massacre's probably done in the last freaking 30 freaking years. I absolutely love it. You like the like the use of freaking? I'm trying to get away from using that other F word. So well, Pete, yeah, Pete, yeah. <laughs> Pete, Pete's concentrating that now. I'm, I'm trying to dial this in. So um, I've heard it. You know what I mean? And of course, there's the U.S. run coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Or actually, by the time you people hear this, the next week, or actually, I think by in like three or four days from the time you hear this, Cam will actually be on the road. Uh, with Massacre, and then Massacre's going to do the whole East Coast run. You guys are going to come back, do the... On your way back down, you're going to do the Chainsaw Fest? What is it called? Chainsaw yeah. Massacre Fest? How it, Chainsaw Car Ch Carolina Chainsaw F Massacre Fest. Exactly. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. Yeah, I, I, I just I, think Texas Chainsaw Massacre Fest, but switch Texas with Carolina. Well, there you go. Carolina. Yeah. So, you know, Massacre will be doing that. So it, it, it isn't like Massacre is going away. It's just, you know, like Cam said, it's going to be simmering for a bit. And then this summer, you know, you guys are going to be over here in Europe. You got the whole East, the Eastern European run with some Germany dates and some. Uh, yeah, some I'm very excited about that. I, that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, and I'm excited about that. It, it, and the nice thing is, do you got some great festivals? You guys are going to be playing, you know, with Obscene Extreme, Exit Fest in Flamen, the um, the festival in Sweden. I mean, you guys got some great freaking festival runs. And the nice thing is, is you guys got some club dates in there too. That you know, 
some some stuff the croatia date's going to be amazing italy milan i mean come on we're gonna have to get some food on get really fucking get really fat in milan with some with some real italian food and and then you know you guys have some other things coming up after that and you know so like you said it's not like it's not like mass screws going away it's just going to be simmering for a little bit but yeah it's 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 got uh it's got a it's I put a, I put a lot in it. That's like, let's say I, I'm, I mean, I've been back into, I mean, if you really want to call it going all the way back to 2017. So I, I've been, what's it, what, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So we're over, we're almost at seven years now. I would say six and a half years. I've, I've literally given my life to this band. Yes. Six and a half years to pull this band out of, out of the insanity and obscurity or whatever the fuck it was that people want to say what happened to the band. Now, after a couple a couple of other members had a hold of it for a couple of years there and did whatever they did um and you know i i tried to lift it up and come back to it and and bring the legacy back that's always been my plan you know it wasn't, it wasn't like i was coming over to take over no i would have worked with anybody had they wanted to work with me on the level that i wanted to work at and that's just basically preserving the legacy of the band of course and you've Nothing done that more. you you've 100 percent brought the massacre name and the band and the music back to back to where it should have been back to where it deserves to be. And I mean, this summer's, this summer's festival run over here shows that, you know what I mean? You guys are, you guys are headlining in that now some, you know, obscene extreme, you know, on the night you guys are playing and, you know, headlining in Flamen and, you know, these are real metal fests, you know what I mean? These are real, you know, extreme metal fests. And it just goes to show that, you know, it took a couple of years. It took a couple of runs at, you know, stabs at, you know, coming back to Europe and, you know, slugging it out. But obviously it, it's starting to pay off. And, you know, people are recognizing the fact that, you know, you have, like you said, put blood, sweat and tears in it the last six years, given your entire last six years in life into building, rebuilding the band and putting it back to where it's at. And now that it's there, you know, you can sit back and, you know, take a breath and, you know, do something that's not going to freaking make you absolutely insane and make you want to punch someone in the face some days. You know what I mean? (laughs) So like, you know, I understand, you know, I I also, you know, I get, I get that, you know, because the band has such history and, uh, you know, uh, the the ins and and outs of this band have been, is absolutely ridiculous. I know people have asked me, you should write a book or do a movie or something. I'm like, I, all that stuff is grand and stuff, but you know, that's what this podcast is for to get my side of the story out. And, um, you know, I don't want to, again, I don't want to talk shit about, you know, other, other members would use a platform to talk shit about me. I'm not trying to talk shit about it. Actually, I'm trying to basically use this platform to talk about good things about the band, memories about the band, the good stuff that's happened in the band. But I've actually told you, I'm an atheist, but I sometimes think, God damn, is Massacre cursed? <laughs> is there a curse? Is there a fucking Massacre curse? Because I, I start to wonder sometimes because it just seems to it seems to be a shadow that looms over it. And unfortunately, the truth is, the shadow is members that were involved in this, including myself, but they always forget about that, were involved in death and were involved with Chuck. So as long as Chuck's shadow looms over those members, and those members are attached to this band in some way, regardless of it's the past or not. This band has a shadow. Yeah. And I, I, I'm trying my best to crawl out from under that shadow. Um, but there's a lot of people that don't want to let that shade disappear. They want to stay in the dark because it's easier to stay in the dark 
and than it is to shine new light because there might be stuff that they see that they don't want to see and they don't want to admit. And that's the problem. Yeah. And, um, and, or the challenge. I won't say it's a problem. I'll say it's, that's the challenge. That's the challenge I face. Of course. In this band. And, 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 it, and it burns me out. It burns me out sometimes. And that, that's the nice thing. Out. When you go out there, when you go out there and do something with bone Nar, you don't have that hanging over your head anymore. I mean, you're still, obviously you're still Cam Lee. That doesn't fucking change. And you know, what you did in the past doesn't change and who you've played with in the past doesn't change. But the nice thing is, is you don't have to, you don't have that hanging over you as far as the massacre thing. You know what I mean? You don't have to live up to any, anything that massacre, you know, legacy wise. So when you can go out there and do this and do stuff with Bonar, it's just, it's, it's fuck it. I'm Cam Lee and you know, I'm a badass singer and I'm going to come do this and we're going to have fun. And you know, it's, it's, it it gives you a little bit more breathing room. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's what, I mean, there's, there's, that's what you need. Yeah, there's, there's obviously, you know, there's, there's members in Bonar, which I'll tell everyone this now because people may, maybe people listen to the show might not know this, you know, and it's, it's no big secret. If you can talk to Dave Ingram and anybody else that works at Roga, Roga, fucking fantastic, brilliant guy. I love this guy like a brother, but Roga doesn't tour. Yep. And, and, and even, even Anders Biazzi knows this, you know, he's, he's a good friend with Roga. Roga doesn't tour. I would love to go out, be going out with Bonar with Roga on guitar. I love it, but Roga does not tour. He doesn't tour. He has his own reasons. It's not my place to talk about those reasons, but he doesn't tour, and I respect that. So when I go out with Bonar or even Massacre, because Roga writes Massacre material, we don't go out with Roga because Roga doesn't tour. It's his choice, but it doesn't mean I don't want to work with him. You know, I'm not. I'm a person that I love the music Roga writes. Why wouldn't I utilize him? Why wouldn't I have him if he's willing to do it for me? My, you know, I, I can't ask for anything better, you know, but to bring it out live, to bring Masker out live or to bring Bonar out live. Obviously, again, I would have to use musicians that aren't the musicians that wrote the music because Roga is the main writer. And like I said, he's not going to come out. Even Ronnie Bornstrom, you know, Ronnie was a part of, of Bonar. He was a big, major part of Cannibal Crematorium. Um, Morgan Lie too. Morgan Lie was the drummer. Uh, Morgan from Nagflar. I think that's how you say the name. <laughs> Nagflar. Always never. Always can never pronounce that name. I can't like. pronounce it either. But yeah, something yeah. like that. Nagflar. Nag. Na, na, uh, there you go. Nagflar. Anyway, I like that. Nagflar. You know. You know. Mor- Morgan was also a big part, especially on Feast of Flesh and Cannibal Crematorium. Obviously, you know, we wouldn't be, we're not going to be using those particular musicians. It doesn't mean I, I wouldn't welcome them to come do it, but um, it's, I have to go with what's logistically the best way to do it. And logistically, the best way to do it is to use musicians that um, are currently available. And, you know, so, but it doesn't mean that uh, the, the feeling of the music's not going to be there and I'm going to try to do my best to, to present the presentation is going to be there. So that's what I'm, I'm going to tell everyone. Now, when we get out there as bone the presentation will be there. So just yeah. like with massacre, the presentation is there. And I, I think that's important for people to understand that, you know what I mean? It's, it, it, if, if, if there was any possible way of getting Roga out on tour, you would have him out on tour. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's never, it's never, it's never been a question of, of that. You know what I mean? And 
like you said, man, it's not, everybody's not the same. And, you know, it's, if, if he can't tour, then he can't tour. But his music that he writes is absolutely fucking brilliant. You know what I mean? Whether it's yeah, Bonar, exactly. whether it's fucking Massacre, whether it's any of the other fucking bands he writes for. I mean, the hundreds of thousands of bands. Hundreds, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Roga is truly an unappreciated freaking songwriter. And I mean, deserves to have fucking legend status in this scene because holy shit. I mean, I don't think people realize just how much music this guy writes and how many different bands and the diversity of the bands and his own bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Roga is absolutely fucking brilliant when it comes to writing music you know and and like you said it's the 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 intent is going to be there the everything is going to be there and it's going to be presented in a way that's going to make people go that's bonar you know what i mean so it's fucking awesome you take great pride in the bands that you bring out on the road and you make sure you're going to give people the absolute best you can and whether it's massacre or whether it's bonar People are going to get a great fucking show and they're going to get great music and they're going to leave happy. They're going to leave knowing that they saw the best version of Massacre you could present and the best version of Bonar you could present. Yeah. And speaking of pride, I mean, it's not like uh, hubris where. No, um, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, it's it's not hubris where I feel like, uh, you know, obviously, obviously there's been ex members that feel like the band only can exist around them you know, having complete hubris and egotistical narcissism, uh, band rest in peace because I'm not in the band, whatever, you know? Okay. (laughs) But, um, yeah, again, with the member, I, am I try to pick members that I feel are going to represent the band, not necessarily because I'm, you know, I got, of course, rogue is going to be writing the new Bonar. So there is a new Bonar coming out. That's what I was working up to. And rogue is going to be working and writing, uh, that stuff. Um, whatever musicians fill in, whatever musicians play the drums, whatever musicians fill in on bass and, and guitar, you know, if there's leads on the album, they might not necessarily be the musicians I have that I bring out on the road. Um, but again, just like with Massacre, musicians I bring out on the road might not be the ones that are writing the album or recording on the album, but they're the ones that I can rely on and have proven that they can uh, go out there and, and make a performance. Um, and uh, the same thing with, with Bonar, I feel is I would use the same kind of um, insight. I would look at it that way. If I use somebody, it's because they are proven that, that they can do it or they have the, and if they haven't proven that they can do it, they at least have the gumption and the, uh, the will to go out and do it, to make it the best that the, uh, uh, to their, you know, abilities. And that's all I care about. when I come out to a live situation, um, yes, again, it would be great to have the people that played on it, but, uh, it's not necessarily something that happens. And I'm one of those musicians now where I wasn't going to hold myself back because, Oh, I can only record with these guys, but I can't go out and perform. I'm not going to be, you know, putting those, uh, blocks up around myself. I'm going to try to do my best to find people that work, that want to work in the recording part and people that want to work on the performance part. So that's the way I look at it. But I'm also the only guy that I think that anybody, everybody else in like death metal can have completely different lineups. Every single album, they never get slack, but I'm the only guy that does. I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know why that happens. Yeah, well, you know, it is it, Cam. It is what it is. But you know, the one thing uh, no one can ever say is that you let any grass grow under your feet, and you have you're always turning out the best music you can. And whether it's Masker, whether it's Bone Narrow, whether it's any of the other bands you do, you're always putting a hundred percent into everything that you're doing. And it was time for you to just, you know, have a little bit of fun, get away from the legacy stuff and, you know, do, yeah, do, do, do something a little bit different for your own health and your own well being, And, you know, just get out there and have a little bit of fun, but you know, yeah. And like, like yeah, with bone, there's a lot, there's a, I mean, this is, this is going to be, probably one of the longest episodes because there's so much to talk we might even go into two episodes because there's so much to talk about bone yeah. there's a lot to talk about of course um, there's, there's and, and I think we should probably just tease people with this one and, you know, not, you know, divulge everything because, you know, like you said, there's this, there's, 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 this is definitely a two, uh, a two episode, uh, a two episode podcast. And so we're going to, we're going to release this one the week before you guys go on tour and then while you're out on tour, we'll have we'll have something else in there for people. And then maybe when you get back, we'll have the next Bonaro so people can hear it. And uh, you know, or maybe we'll have a yeah. Because there's just some pretty amazing stories about. There's a story, you know, I, I would love to share. You know, I you know of of the guest special guest that got to appear on <laughs> on both Bonaro albums. And I I have a really really incredible story about Killjoy from Necrophrasia, who was on the original first uh, the debut album with me on the song Defleshed and Skin. And I, I really want to you know, go into depth about that, talking about that and how amazing that was. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of cool stories, especially, uh, you know, that, that revolve around Bolnar. Um, just like I said, with the Adam Green story, I just told you about, you know, yeah, uh, just kind of just reaching out and say, hey, I wrote a song about your character and then getting an actual letter back from him and with all this cool stuff. So it's opened a lot of doors and, and, and not only has it opened a lot of doors, it, it's been fun. And that's the key word here that you kept bringing up and I'm going to keep bringing it up. And why I'm going back to it is because out of all the other bands I've done, this has definitely been the funnest band I've done. And uh, that's really what I'm looking for. Yep. It's to have fun. Yeah. So uh, let's do this. We'll wrap this one up and we'll tell people uh, go out there and catch massacre on the uh u.s tour um because it'll be a couple days from when this drops so a couple days after this cam and them will be down in gramps in miami and then the conduit in orlando and so on and so on and so on you'll be in uh let's see you'll be in the lodge of sorrows in savannah uh saint vitus in new york middle east in boston or oh, cambridge technically You'll be at the Wow yeah. in Philadelphia. Then you'll be in the Carolina Chainsaw Massacre Festival thingy, and then uh, you guys will be ending the tour in Atlanta at Bog Social something. So yeah, and I think it's like an afternoon show. So that one's like a is know, it really come out? Yeah, I think it's an afternoon show. It's not even a night show. It's like something early in the afternoon. So and it's like. A, yeah. So wait, let's let's talk about it. before we do end. I I I want to add this in there, kind of, because because I'd heard something earlier today. I was listening to a different podcast, and it was some it was some older guys talking, um, probably in their early sixties, and they were discussing the early days of New York having matinee shows, and you know I thought to myself, man, 
you know, because I know we've we've personally discussed this that you know, if you have your choice, you don't want to be headlining because you'd you'd rather you know get your stuff yeah, done yeah. with midday and then you know either watch the bands or go home, go back to the hotel or the van or wherever and sleep. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's my thing. Dude, is matinee something that should be brought back? Should there be matinee concerts again, like what CBGBs used to do? I mean, is I think that I literally think that's what the show our our last show in in Atlanta is. I think it's a matinee show. Um, I don't mind them, especially if they're a weekend show. Yes, I mean I don't even know if it is a weekend or not, but I don't mind them because again, I am old and I want to go home and go to bed. <laughs> but you know, or there might be something I want to watch. You know. I, I know this today's was we live in the time where it, it, you don't have to be on a schedule or something to watch. You can always stream it, but still, it still might be nice to go home and watch the new episode of the Mandalorian. Cause this is the way, this and, is the way, <laughs> this is the way. And uh, you know, I don't know, but you know, I, I, so yeah, I, it's also good because I think we're what seven hours from Atlanta to, or yes. maybe nine. I don't even know. It's, it's like seven. It's, it's, it's like, it's like an eight hour drive. If you're really yeah, all it's involved. Like seven or eight hours to go home. So, Hey, I'm, I'm cool with doing a matinee and then heading home. You know, I'm fine. I am absolutely fine with that because then, and we could just get done, you know, bullshit for a little while, jump in and head home, you know? Um, and I know that people like, like what guys he talking about home, dude, I love home. You know, and there might be a lot of people that go out there tour. And I, I imagine if you're out there touring for 30 days or 60 days, and you probably don't love home, but I love home. I love home. I love my wife. I love coming home to my wife. I love sleeping in my own bed. I love my cats. I love my, the comfort of my, my, uh, my rooms, um, the comfort of, of watching my big screen TV and all my DVDs and Blu-rays. And so, you, and you yeah. love being surrounded by Godzilla's. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So I mean I love I I love my home life, so uh, I miss it. I'm one of those people that you know I don't I'm I'm not about going out and being out there you know on the road and uh, everything like that you know I'll do it I like it but I don't love it <laughs> you know I love my home life I'm a hermit if 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 it really came down to it I'd be a hermit I would but you know I understand that you got to get out now Roga is Roga is a functioning hermit. I, I envy Roga. I envy that when we're talking about Roga not going out and touring, I envy him because he's genius. He writes music. He doesn't let that hold him back from doing bands and a plethora of bands and, and playing with people, not only myself, but like David Ingram and many other musicians he's played with. He doesn't even, you know, Paul Speckman, he's done bands with. He doesn't let that hold him back. So I envy Roga on that point is Roga Roga's a functioning hermit. <laughs> it's like, I want to be that functioning hermit. Dang it. But, you know, I'll go out. I'll do it. I'll go out. I'll preserve the legacy of Massacre. I'll go out and have fun with Bonar. Because I've never, like we talked about earlier, I've never had Bonar live in a live situation. Yeah. And I'd love to do it because it has a theme. It has a gimmick. And I kind of want to get out there and just, just have fun with it while yeah. I can. You know? You know? I'm, I'm the Professor Pig of Bolnar, and I really want to get out there on stage and dress up like a pig. So. Oh, don't give him too much. So, uh, but that, yeah, uh, what, yeah. my, my point was this, I'm, 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 I'm curious about doing matinee shows in Europe. I, I don't, I don't even think they've ever been tried. I mean, I don't personally know of any that have ever, ever been tried and, you know, not that, you know, clubs, it, clubs aren't something that, you know, that, that are, that really makes sense anymore. I mean, and, and a lot of people don't realize that, but you know, it's pl playing, playing clubs over here and driving, 
you know, 10 hours between shows is not, uh, is not conducive to being yeah. a profitable for being a profitable tour. So yeah, my gosh, yeah. things, well, things, things in the future will be changing just a, just, just a hair for, for whatever happens yeah. in the future. Well, it's like I said, like, I mean, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna spoil anything. We can let this go. I mean, I don't have a problem coming out back over in 2024 and just doing festival runs because that looks more, uh, like, you know, it looks like it'll reach more people that way. And it also looks more logistically sound that way. Coming yes. back over to do that. Um, I, you know, the club stuff is fun. I enjoyed it for many years, but I've been doing this pretty much since the 1980s, the late eighties. And, uh, yeah, you get to a point where uh, the club stuff's fun, but after 40 fucking years of it, maybe it's time to move up a little bit. Not saying anything bad about it, but maybe festivals are the way to go because I reach a wider audience doing festivals. I don't mind playing in the afternoon. I'm actually one of those people, I don't mind, I don't have to headline the festival. I don't mind playing in the afternoon. Right. I don't mind playing early in the evening. Yeah. Again, because I want to get home. <laughs> I want to go eat. I want to hang out. Maybe the, maybe, maybe the bands that are playing the festival are the bands I want to check out, and I'll never get a chance to see. You know, If, I, if I'm playing and I get off the stage and the band I want to see is next, I'm not going to really get a chance to really look at them because I want to go clean up. I want to, you know, I got to make sure everything's organized. The band's getting its shit together. I'll miss out on, on a band. But if I get to play earlier and chill out and get to hang out with people and hang out with the crowd, hang out with you or whoever and watch bands that I actually enjoy, that to me seems a better route to go. Yeah, no question. And I will not lie. Um, I'm very jealous of you in freaking in Sweden because you know you'll get to see fucking Creator, and that's <laughs> that that's just fucking awesome. I mean because you know you guys are playing in the afternoon and then Creator is headlining that night. So man, anytime you can see fucking Creator, it's a damn good day. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't seen them since oh, forever. You know, so yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. So anyway, we, we will we will send people off by saying this. Go out there, see Massacre on the East Coast run. Um, and uh, yeah, so just get out there, enjoy things, enjoy life, have fun. And oh, and don't forget, if you have anything you would like to say, positive or negative, please send us an email at beyondthemassaclepodcast at gmail.com. It's all one word beyond the massacre podcast at gmail.com. And I promise you, if you write us, we will mention you good or bad, you know, whether you want to talk shit or whatever, we'll, we'll still read your email and, you know, probably make fun of yeah. you if you're talking shit. But if you've got yeah, something yeah. you want, if you got something you want to ask cam, you know what I mean? If there are questions you want to know, please, by all means, send us an email, let us know, and we will definitely address it on the podcast. So, yeah, it's any any question actually. Any question um yet, you know, I feel comfortable answering. No, I'm not gonna tell you the size of my penis. But um anything else besides that, we will we, <laughs> we will we will definitely uh we'll de definitely address and, you know, of course if it's uncomfortable like asking questions about former members or stuff like that, you know, of course we're not gonna talk to it about it on no. the show. Because again, I don't want to use this show as a platform to do that. Yeah, but, and so you so know, you use common sense, folks. You know what I mean? We're not we, you yeah. know 
Cam is not going to answer every question you have. So if you do write some things and you know what those things are, no, we're not going to talk about it. But I will send you a nice email back saying, thanks, try again with, you know, a question we can yeah. actually deal with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anything, any any question, especially especially this with the Bolnar stuff, if you've got uh, any questions about Bolnar that's coming up, uh, um, of course, we have a next episode, but I think we should end it with Hammer to the Skull because we're just hammering this shit in. So I think that's a good song to end this episode. That's awesome. So then there you go, ladies and gentlemen. This song by Bonar is Hammer to the Skull. Good breakfast. Apple Jacks, Apple Jacks.
let's go back to the very beginning, Cam. What kind of music were you growing up listening to? Was it what we would expect or was there anything different? What what was it that got you interested in music at the very beginning? Disco, 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 